So the second type of G-protein coupled receptor that I want to talk about is, uh, again, it looks like the same way. Looks the same way. Here's how it looks. Same way in the membrane. It's activated here on this extracellular. It needs a specific G-protein. And that G-protein will eventually activate an effector enzyme. <clears throat> the effector enzyme will produce a different type of second messenger. Now, before I go into this new uh, G-protein coupled receptor, I want to, uh, and that's what it's called, the general name is phosphoenocytide system, uh, produces actually three second messengers, but we'll get to that in a minute. But first, I want to introduce you to one molecule that is in the membrane. So you see this here for those of you who are chemically a little bit ch challenged. <laughs> 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 I'll try to kind of explain that to you. Okay, <clears throat> so here's a, a simple molecule like glycerol. You see here's a molecule glycerol. It has a fatty acid there, a fatty acid there, a phosphate, and a head group. So this is the general structure of phospholipids in the membrane. There are many different types of head groups in the phospholipids of the membranes that make up cell membranes. There's one unique phospholipid called phosphatidyl-inositol-4,5-bisphosphate, abbreviated PIP2. This is actually a very minor, minor phospholipid, but it is in the membrane part of the leaflet of the membrane that faces the cytoplasm. <clears throat> okay, so this molecule, this is another representation, has a lipid part and a head group. Again, abbreviated PIP2 here, this is the common abbreviation, this one as well, but this is the common abbreviation. So I want you to envision this molecule Actually, without the breakage there, that's the entire molecule, another representation. One part of it is lipophilic in nature. It's called diacylglycerol. That's the part that's lipophilic. And the head group is here, inositol, and you have one, two, three phosphates. So think of this molecule as present in the membrane. Okay, entire molecule. There is an enzyme in the cell, in the membrane actually, <clears throat> that can break that PIP2 into two molecules, one called DAG, diacylglycerol, one called IP3, inositol, trisphosphate. Okay? So, 
This is another way to think about it. Here is, think of this, the membrane there. This is PIP2 right there. The, this thing right there. Here's the enzyme. The enzyme is called phospholipase C. It breaks between the phosphate and the lipid backbone. And it produces these two molecules, DAG, that's the lipid, it stays in the membrane. And IP3 is the head group, which is water soluble and it goes into the cytoplasm. So I want you to think about this and so that you first appreciate. Let's say a specific receptor activated this enzyme, phospholipase C, and that enzyme then worked on PIP2 and produced two new molecules, DAG and IP3. Would these guys then qualify as second messengers? Yes, they do, because before receptor activation, they were absent. After receptor activation, their amounts increased. This is very key to the definition of a second messenger, okay? Something that is produced inside the cell after receptor activation. So I'm gonna go through that in detail now but first I want you to I wanted you to appreciate where that molecule PIP2 came from and its nature okay so we're here we go with all the details that you want to know this is a slightly different representation but the, this receptor again has the same uh, shape in the membrane here for simplicity they just put it as R it spans the membrane you know, seven times have heptahelical, everything very similar. Now, let me tell you what this, the name of this receptor is, because that's crucial. <clears throat> the name of this receptor is alpha-1, alpha, subscript-1, adrenergic receptor. The reason we call it alpha-1 because of its unique primary structure. It has a different primary structure than obviously the beta, the one we just talked about. <clears throat> okay, now alpha-1 adrenergic, what did we say adrenergic mean? epinephrine or norepinephrine so it's activated by either epinephrine or norepinephrine but it's a different receptor it's a unique receptor because of its primary sequence its cellular tissue distribution is very different than the beta adrenergic receptor so okay so we activate the receptor with epinephrine alpha 1 again 
call this alpha one if you want on the slide. This way you can always see it. The first thing that's different besides the receptor is the identity of the G protein. Again, you have a similar trimeric G protein, alpha, beta, gamma, GDP form. Actually, this one is designated GQ. That designates its identity. Same thing is going to happen. Once the G protein senses that the receptor has been activated, it's going to kick out the GDP, replace it with GTP on the alpha subunit, and simultaneously dissociate from the beta gamma. So now you have GQ alpha with GTP. This is the active form of this G protein. GQ alpha with GTP bound to it. It's gonna move along the membrane, finds this enzyme, phospholipase C, abbreviated PLC. Activates this enzyme. The enzyme will move along the membrane, finds this phospholipid I mentioned introduced to you in the beginning, PIP2. Here's the, these fatty acyl chains there, and that's the head group. P PLC, phospholipase C, activated by GQ, now can hydrolyze, break down PIP2 into two smaller molecules. One of them stays in the membrane called DAG, diacylglycerol, the lipid part, the membrane-associated part stays in the membrane, but it's a new molecule, diacylglycerol. The head group is released from PIP2 by PLC as IP3. This is water-soluble, okay? So it's in the cytoplasm. So before I move further, I want you to appreciate something very important. Here we have a receptor, gets activated through this cascade, your result you activate the effector enzyme phospholipase C in this case, and then phospholipase C chews on this substrate, PIP2, in the membrane, generating two new molecules in the cell called DAG and IP3. So before receptor activation, neither DAG DAG or IP3 were present. After receptor activation, their amounts have increased. What makes them belong to? Second messengers. They, their amounts increase following receptor activation. PIP2 is only a substrate for the enzyme. It's not 
a second messenger. It's always there in the membrane. However, these are only produced when the enzyme is activated through the proper sequence from the receptor. <clears throat> One other thing happens. This is, has a slight twist to it, which is IP3 can go to the endoplasmic reticulum and bind to the ER and its binding to the ER releases calcium from stores within the ER. So that means calcium in the cytoplasm goes up. So now, not only do we have two second messengers, DAG and IP3, we now have three second messengers. Because calcium also rises as a result of IP3 binding to the ER. So the first take-home lesson here is that activation of the alpha-1 adrenergic receptor through GQ, through phospholipase C, produces three second messengers. DAG, IP3, and calcium. The former three molecules all increase as a result of receptor activation. Second important thing, which is really the final part of that, is that calcium <clears throat> and DAG, they come together, here's calcium and here's DAG, they come together and bind this enzyme called protein kinase C, PKC, abbreviated PKC. The C corresponds to the requirement for calcium, so you can make that association. This enzyme actually needs both calcium and DAG. And it gets activated. Again, it's a kinase. It's going to add a phosphate on enzymes, changing their activity. So this is sort of analogous to the one for the beta-adrenergic receptor, but this one is called PKC because it requires calcium and DAG. Okay? So here are the kind of sequence of steps that I just covered. Again, you want to know the identity name of the receptor, what it is, alpha-1 adrenergic, the epinephrine, norepinephrine, identity of GQ, uh, identity of the G protein, GQ alpha with GTP bound, enzyme effector, enzyme phospholipase C, substrate is PIP2. Second messengers are IP3, DAG, and calcium. And calcium and DAG activate PKC. <clears throat> and that's, so you want to keep these two types of G proteins distinct, okay? Don't mix the players. Keep them each in their own lockbox. That's crucial. There's a tendency of students trying to bring one second messenger from here when you activate one, you only activate one. You activate the beta-adrenergic, you're only going to produce cyclic AMP. 
you activate the alpha-1 adrenergic, you're only going to produce DAG, IP3, and calcium. Okay? So make sure you keep them distinct. Uh, these are important receptors. We're going to talk about them in the context of metabolism uh, uh, quite a bit, actually, later on. So uh, I guess it's a good time to stop. We'll uh, continue this tomorrow morning. <clears throat>